Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Future of XYZ. We are going to have a super fun multi-generational conversation this week about the future of careers. And with us, we have a pretty broad cross-section of career women, uh, myself as a Gen X, we have Libby Strachan as a, uh, as, a, as a Gen Y slash millennial, Zoya as a younger Gen Y uh, millennial, and Faye Wang is joining us as our representative uh, Gen Zer. So thank you, ladies, for joining us on Future of XYZ. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to just allow you all to introduce yourselves, and we'll go in uh, reverse chronological order. So um, Libby, I'm going to turn it over to you first to briefly introduce yourself, and I'd love to hear not only, obviously, what you do and where you are, but most importantly, what are your aspirations or dreams for your own career, and then we'll kick it off. Yeah, Lisa. Um, my name is Libby. I live in New York City. I am currently the Associate Director of Brand Marketing at Free People, which is owned by Urban Outfitters. Um, I don't know, in terms of, uh, you know, what I hope for my future, I, I would love to continue working in marketing and, you know, building my understanding and mastery of what marketing is and, you know, keep applying learnings from past jobs to what I'm currently doing. And I mean, marketing is always changing and evolving. So there's, there's always something new to learn. And um, it's, it's been so fun to work for, you know, great brands that I've, I've really admired over the years. Yeah. Hi, I'm Zoya. Um, my day job is I am VP of product management at City or Citibank, as you may know it, on the digital partnerships team. I'm also located in New York City, precisely our Tribeca HQ. And for the future of my career is I really hope to be able to bridge my multi-hyphenate you know, things that I do, whether it's the nonprofit, um, nonprofit foundation that I own, as well as the volunteer work that I do, as well as some of the entrepreneurial ventures that I'm interested. So I really hope the future of my career enables me to grow within a very large organization such as City, um, as well as actually maintain other revenue streams, other projects that I'm super excited to work about as my own entrepreneur. Thanks, sorry, that's amazing. And Faye? Hi everyone, my name is Faye. Um, I am a junior at Barnard College of Columbia University, so also located in New York City. Um, I'm studying sociology and economics. And for the future of my career, I just hope to have a very dynamic career that allow me to acquire new skills, meet new people, and overall just um, allow me to learn a lot. Thanks so much. I think what's interesting about the future of careers, I mean, we are looking at the end of 2021. Uh, it, it's crazy to think that it's the second full year of COVID. And obviously a career has been changing for younger people for a long time. Every generation you know, below, it looks differently. 
but I think it's really a profound impact coupled with kind of the millennial attitude, you know, towards I should have passion and I can have all these different revenue streams and be entrepreneurial and all these things that kind of were touched upon. But also, I think, you know, COVID and, and the impact that COVID has had, especially on women in the workforce, but this great resignation that we're currently talking about. So I'd be curious to hear what you all have to say about what the future of a career really looks like when we have, you know, all of these different factors at play. And specifically, I guess, you know, we look at the data that's coming out of U.S. commerce and people are staying in jobs longer, you know, less time than they used to. Um, what is your own take on all of this? And Libya, again, I'll go to you first. I feel like now more than ever, people have the ability and to do multiple things at once, right? Like I feel like in the past, it was kind of like you were stuck with one identity. Like, you know, if you, if you were a mom, you would focus on that. You wouldn't deal with work. And I think it's more commonly it's acceptable now to do, you know, multiple things um, at once and, and not just have one, one label on, on yourself. Um, I, I would say, I feel like, you know, the, the general, Thing we heard growing up from our parents were, you know, that the goal is to land at a company that you can work at your entire career and, and be there forever. And I, I've always had that hope for myself, especially coming out of college. But, you know, the fact of the matter is now, sometimes it takes a few jobs to figure out what you really love to do. Um, and, and, you know, when I look back on my career and the, the few jobs I've had, I'm actually really grateful for having those different jobs because they've shaped, um, you know, who I am as a marketer, because I've worked on the agency side, you know, I've worked on the publisher side, and then on the brand side. So it's, it's ended up being a benefit to me, you know, versus whether I was just at, you know, one company. And your employer, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, I think to piggyback off of that, I think that the future of careers is going in the same direction that the future of digital is going, and that's personalization, right? So I think in the past, you were handed a job description, and you were like, I will fit myself into this box. Whereas now, I think with the great resignation, as well as like being able to be a digital nomad, the tables have turned. I find my employer asking me, what are your aspirations, and how can we enable you to do that? To give an example, with my current company, we have a very big push for career mobility internally. So if today I decide I don't like my job, instead of me quitting and going somewhere else, they ask me, what can you do within here? Can you switch domain? Can you go to marketing? Can you take a leadership program and other things? And I think this is the future. These companies are going to have to continue asking their employees and using design thinking to figure out like, how can we solve the pain points and personalize this person's career here? And I think on the kind of employee side, it's really up to you to figure out what your trajectory looks like rather than following in somebody else's footsteps. I, I think it's super interesting point and the, the onus really to some degree being on the employer, uh, especially within larger companies. Um, Faye, as you're kind of exploring, because you're only a junior, but you have internships and you're already doing quite a bit of uh, kind of entrepreneurial work within your, your, your curricula. I mean, when you're looking at, a, you know, an employer to, to Zoya's point or to Libby's, are you thinking your first job is going to be, you know, the one that you stay at forever? Or what do you, what, how do you look at that first job? 
Yeah, it's really interesting because I think as Gen Z, we really look to seeing like what millennials did with their careers and like what worked and what didn't. I think one thing that's definitely very interesting is um, looking at people like Zoya and Libby, um, where millennials have really like only stayed at the same job for like two to three, four, five years at a time. Um, I think many of us in Gen Z are looking to follow kind of that same trajectory. Um, and so, you know, I know for a lot of my peers, they are constantly networking and people across different industries, across different company sizes, um, because they have that plan of after X amount of years, I plan on moving to this industry or this company. Um, and so really, I see a lot of people my age category trying to kind of set themselves up for success, not only looking at the short term of this is my immediate goal, but this is what I want my career to look at like long term. And kind of like what I was saying earlier about like my hope for my career tra trajectory is I think a lot of us want to have a very dynamic career where we're able to acquire different skill sets, have different specializations. Um, and so I think that's like a very interesting shift um, compared to like previous generations. Just to really quickly add to what Faye is saying, um, I also think it it all changes with our lifespan. It's like marriage, right? Like people thought we got one marriage because we're alive for, you know, 50 or 60 years. Now with, you know, the, the rate of how long people live, if you live 100 years, you may have two or three marriages that would last the same amount of years as somebody, you know, who experience that in a different time. So to bring that back to the careers, it's like your career lifespan is so much longer. So your career can have a second, third, fourth, and fifth life. Which is certainly what we're seeing. And I think one of the things that's really interesting to me, you know, as I look at my own career, but also, I mean, what's happening in the world and what you all are experiencing and what we're, the world collectively has experienced as a result of COVID is this real need for ability to change and adapt, right? Resilience. I mean, these are words, adapt, they're not all synonymous, but adaptability, resilience, you know, is really important. So we may say today at the end of 2021, this is what we think the future of careers and our careers is going to be. But at some point, we also need to have that strength to recognize, oh, well, we need to flex with the times. Um, how do you see that kind of evolving uh, over, over time? Yeah, I mean, I think to your question around adaptability and resilience, it's going to be around you actually are expected to have a larger skill set. So, you know, when I remember being in high school, you know, having a bachelor's degree was impressive. Now, everyone and their mother has a master's degree. So the skill set and the expectation is broader and higher. But uh, Libby, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, just with, you know, the internet, launching, it's so different now for both employers and individuals when they're applying for jobs, right? Because the, the job pool is so much bigger. Like it's no longer enough to like have your bachelor's degree. Um, something Faye said earlier that kind of ties back to this is that, you know, she was saying, she's like, I, I have friends that are kind of planning out the places they want to work as stepping stones to get to an ultimate goal of, I want to work for this company. I feel like in the past, people wouldn't think that way. They would have just been like, oh, I, I want to work at Google. And then, you know, that would be that they'd submit their paper resume. And, but now it's like with, with the job pool, you, you have to do a lot more work and acquire very specific experience to, you know, even, even get into that pool to be considered for the job that you want. And, and to that point, I mean, like, you know, I know, for instance, you know, we're saying like everyone and their mother has a bachelor's. It's, of course, not entirely true. And 
I personally would love to see a return to something more akin to, you know, trade schools where you actually, we, we need these people. We need people to make and create and build. Um, but, you know, both of you millennials both have graduate degrees, as do I. Um, Faye, you're undergrad right now. What do you see and what are your friends saying about like the role of a specialized or higher degree in the future of your career? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely there's no doubt that we, a lot of us still recognize like you do need that bachelor's degree. And if anything, like a master's, an MBA, um, anything like higher than that. Um, but I will say in terms of like how people view like the education piece, I think one thing that is slowly starting to shift is viewing kind of what you have to major in. So for me, like I'm majoring in sociology and actually it's interesting. Previously, I was actually at a different university and I was studying business and I made that 180 degree switch to sociology. Um, but that's because I think a lot of um, millennials such as like I've, I've talked to Zoe about it in the past um, have really been transparent about the fact that nowadays there's this realization and I think employers are realizing too is that you don't have to study these traditional like economics, finance, marketing, business backgrounds in order to go to that like specific career. Um, and I think that's something really valuable. Um, and if anything is like better for like the labor market, like in general, and I think, um, and I hope that more people are like starting to realize that they can, you know, study something that they're very interested in and then try to figure out how they can gain transferable skills um, through other opportunities. And I think that's something that's becoming more popular. And to add to that, I mean, I actually teach at one of these online schools because I recognize the, the immense privilege that I have having both an undergrad and graduate degree. So schools like BrainStation or General Assembly or Code Academy are all enabling these other opportunities. I can say that the designer on my team, the UX designer, switched from healthcare and social work through General Assembly. And she's now one of the leading UX designers at City. And it's like, I'm so happy that she had that opportunity to make that career switch and a school like General Assembly, which is a tenth of the cost of a university, enabled her to do so. And one and one other thing I'll add is like we I don't think we can really deny like the power of social media, specifically things such as like LinkedIn. So, you know, in the past you had um, these really top universities, these target schools that really like operated in silos, like opportunities would only be passed within like these couple of universities and social circles. Um, but because of platforms like LinkedIn and other social media that have really um, opened the form for networking, um, that has allowed for people who maybe are in not as traditionally like prestigious quote unquote, prestigious universities um, to be able to network and reach out to different networks, join different professional development communities. Um, and I think that that has also um, opened the door for a lot of access as well, so that the education piece is not as big as maybe it was in the past. I think that's an interesting comment because uh, at least as a Gen Xer, I think a lot of us stop and say like, oh my God, the social media, you know, and the persona that we need to create you know, on social media is sometimes exhausting, right? And it's also, you know, it, it put it, when you're older, it really highlights the ageism that exists in a lot of workplaces. So I'm curious, you know, how each of you is developing, especially as you go on in your career or as you're just starting out in phase case. And, and you know, Zoya, you're especially accomplished, frankly, for someone of, of, of your age. So, um, but how do you think about the, the digital persona and, and building that so that it helps you achieve this kind of future of your career that you described in the beginning? It, it becomes more and more important to, to keep 
you know, your LinkedIn updated to keep everything updated because that's where employers look now when you apply for a job, right? Like I, I will normally look up someone on LinkedIn when they apply to a position I'm hiring for and I'll see what they have on there. You know, if, if they have a photo, like even just having a photo is helpful, but you know, my, my dad retired from his job he had for 35 years at Chrysler and wanted to find another job post-retirement and asked me to help him make a LinkedIn, you know, and it's because it's like, you know, older generations, they, they never had to do that. And it's, it's an entirely new world of, you know, you can reach out to anyone on there and, and, and network. And it, I mean, it, it totally changes your ability to get a job or not get a job. So it's, I mean, I think that's going to become more and more prevalent. Yeah. And, you know, I always tell the story, but people like see the successes in my career, but I came to New York city with not a single connection. I'm, you know, born and raised Israeli. I'm a daughter of two immigrants. I'm an immigrant myself. And the way that I made, I got my first major internship, the way that I got any opportunity in the city was I literally made a LinkedIn profile and I, you know, messaged hundreds of people and it took three of them to respond to really launch the rest of my career. So I'm very passionate about democratizing access to career resources, financial resources, education resources. And to me, LinkedIn actually enables people like me who, who aren't given those things to come in and, and just open up those conversations. So I see it as a huge, a huge, you know, door opener. That being said, I think like with any social media, it creates this like benchmarking and comparison. Oh, she has this title and she's three years younger than me. Oh, she at this company, she won this award. But I think just like with anything, you need to be discerning and realize like what's important and how you're paving your own way in the space. I, I think that's an interesting and, and, and really valid point. And I'll just say, as you answer the question as well, it, it just touches upon the idea also of the inclusivity um, that is necessary, I think, as we come back to employers, but also as hiring managers. Each of you, I mean, as you grow in your career, you will be managers and then you'll be leaders, you know, as you kind of grow and develop. Um, and how do we become inclusive leaders, you know, who account for the diversity of all of these different backgrounds that we're talking about, which are both educational, as well as class, as well as race, gender, and, you know, culture, et cetera. So I'd, I'd love, Faye, as you think about it, to kind of uh, speak to this as it feels comfortable. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm trying to look, approach hiring to be not as textbook as you know, it might've been in the past, just looking at someone's qualifications and where they went to school and, and doing this. I've interviewed with some companies before who, you know, really went out of their way to source candidates that had irregular backgrounds, you know, for the type of role they were hiring for. And, you know, I, I think we're finding more and more, like we were saying earlier, that there can be a lot of benefits in hiring people that, you know, may are coming, they're coming from a non-traditional career path in that industry. And then kind of tying this back to the earlier question, I think one of the many ways people are looking for these like more like non-traditional candidates is actually what we we're saying earlier, like the LinkedIn and like the other social media platforms. Um, I think one thing that is really interesting that I've seen come up in the past years is like LinkedIn influencers or like LinkedIn creators. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, um, but that has really opened a lot of like doors and opportunities for people. So essentially what it is, is people kind of just displaying like thought leadership um, or being very candid about like their career experiences on LinkedIn. Um, 
and through that they're able to really build like their personal brand so I think a lot of the times like especially when it was like Gen Y like millennials personal brand was all about like your Instagram your Facebook make sure to keep it like clean um like your your personal image was clean um but now for Gen Z I think there's like an even like higher threshold of not only do you have this kind of like bare minimum to reach but you also have to go above and beyond that of really creating a strong and like salient like personal brand um, that really speaks to like your individuality and accomplishments Um, but I think it can also be a good thing because I think one thing that I've seen a lot is people being transparent about oh I don't have a lot of professional experience but I have this very unique perspective that I'm sharing online Um, I know that's been very successful to help people um, in terms of getting hired for internships. So I think that is another like really interesting dynamic that has come up. And we've, we've talked, to, I mean, I think the world is watching as, you know, all the trends we've already talked about, you know, the great resignation, women leaving the workforce, you know, due to largely, you know, no paid leave in this country, um, but it's around the world that women are leaving the workforce. Um, but also, as we think about younger generations, there's a lot of talk among employers and managers, and, and it's quite aspirational, which is about passion and about values. And of course, I've always been looking at, you know, strategy for growth, for business, for values-led lens. I, I wonder what, you know, as we, as we close, um, um, in closing, what you think the role of values are uh, and or passion, they can be related, they can be the same, or they can be different in the future of your own career and that of, you know, younger people in general. So, I mean, I have this larger thesis, which is like your life is a pie, right? And so within that pie, you fill it up with your values, with the things that are important to you. So let's say for me, gender equity is very, very important, as well as creating access to, like I said, education and career and financial resources to different groups, such as creatives and and minorities. And so I think the mistake that the millennial generation has made is it has put all of those things that huge pie and said my job needs to give me all of that and if not I'm out and my belief for the future of my career and how I see the future of careers is is you have to pick some of those pieces of the pie and say my job will give me that but starting my own podcast joining a nonprofit, you know launching doing a painting class will serve some of those others. So my hope and also my belief around the future of, of solving some of those things is that we can we can have it all, just not all at once. Um, so that's kind of my, my bigger thesis. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, while, while we do love our jobs and, and we work a lot, I, at least for my own career, I hope I can get to a place, you know, where I I'm really satisfied in what's going on at work, but like Zoya said, it's not my identity and I'm not living or dying by what my job title is. Um, I think there's, you know, so much beyond that, what's going on in your personal life and what you're doing on, on your weekends and in your free time. And just to kind of, to tie into values as well, I, I look, you know, I've made some amazing relationships with coworkers that I've had over the years. And I look forward to that you know, network I will continue to build and, and the people that I'll get to meet. And I always tell when, when I'm talking to mentees and, and people like that, I, I always reiterate, like, you never know when you're going to come across someone again in your career. Like it can be, you know, in the least expected place. And if you can like sleep soundly at night, knowing that, you know, you were, you were a great partner to them and, you know, you, you treated them right and you, you were honest and you're in your work then um it's only gonna you know continue to be enriching throughout your career to to meet and interact with more people 
And I think it's so interesting um, because I think a lot of people in Gen Z, including myself, are really starting to adopt kind of like Zoya's thesis. Um, I think we watch a lot of like millennials kind of really like romanticize and glamorize the you have to be 100% in love with what you do or, you know, if you don't, you lose a lot of respect. But I think now Gen Z is really realizing that it's okay to acknowledge that you have a job simply for the sake of like making a means of living um, and taking care of your needs and then also having, but more importantly, having interests and passions and hobbies like outside of that job um and I think one of my best friends is like a perfect example of this she is going into financial services and she's very transparent about how you know that is not her dream job that is not her dream like end state end goal um but she recognizes that that is what she needs to do in order to kind of support herself so that she can continue to pursue her um her passions in like fashion makeup uh beauty influencing online um and i think she's a perfect example of kind of the direction that gen z is heading towards well you ladies are very inspiring i think what's very interesting and telling for me, as I think about we take it, you know, as we take the lessons away, it, it is this intersection. The pie is a great analogy, you know, which is not all one thing. And the idea of having weekends, Libby, is something, you know, that even my generation, I mean, I didn't take a day off in the first seven years of my career. It's just, it's a bizarre thing to think about, you know, especially now as I look at younger people and trying to find this balance. It's much healthier. And I think to the point of longevity in our lives, you know, it gives us longevity in our careers as well. And that seems to be a nice summary of the future of careers is it's, it's life, life is long, go explore and, uh, you know, make sure that it's balanced. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, each of you for joining. Um, for anyone listening, please make sure that you're subscribed to the Future of XYZ on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, follow us on Future of XYZ on Instagram, and you can also nominate other guests uh, for our 2022 season at future-of-xyz. And again, uh, Future of Careers was very inspired with you all as a cross-generational representation. So thank you. Thanks so, thank much, so much for, for having, having us. us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Grelnick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to the Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.